Welcome to the CCF Iowa podcast. Welcome back to the CCF podcast. We're going to be talking about 1 Timothy chapter 1. And anytime we come across a new book of the Bible, um, especially letters, I really like to analyze the first couple verses because I think, especially in Paul's letters, Paul uses the first couple verses to introduce some concepts that are going to carry throughout the whole letter. And especially the way that he talks about attributes of God and the ways that he looks uh, up upon his the receiver of the letter, which in this case is Timothy. Uh, this letter is written to just uh, a person, although it's intended and implied to be shared with the church and with uh, further churches at large, but it's directly addressed to Timothy, a pastor of the church in Ephesus. And Paul here is writing him some encouragement, some reasons to stick around and keep doing ministry in Ephesus, and some ways to help improve uh, the things that are happening and the ministry that he's doing. But let's uh, go ahead and talk about those first two verses by reading them. This is 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle of Christ, by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my true son in the faith, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I mentioned before, kind of Paul likes to um, focus on specific attributes of God, which really, I believe, set the tone for where the letter is going. And so here he talks about, um, refers to Christ Jesus as, as our hope. And so right away, he wants to bring up that, that message, that idea of hope, the hope that we have in Christ and then when he addresses Timothy, he says to Timothy, my true son in the faith. And, and that, I think, is a really cool way of, of addressing um, a follower of his, uh, of, of Timothy, that he cares so much about Timothy that he considers him as a son in the faith. Uh, this, this also means that likely that, you know, that Timothy was a direct apostle of Paul, that he spent time under Paul, that he was discipled by Paul. That, so he knows a lot about the way that Paul does ministry. He's seen it modeled. He's practiced it. He's done it that way. Uh, so he knows very much Paul's approaches to things. And I think Paul can talk to him um, on a different level than maybe he can with people he doesn't know very well or a uh, church that he planted but then hasn't had as much involvement with recently and he's addressing. And some of his letters, we see that they go out to churches, but they're churches that are less close to Paul. But here Paul is very directly uh, talking to a person that he has a very important connection with, that he considers a true son in the faith. And then he's uh, then adds at the end of verse 2 there, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace. Like I said, Paul likes to bring up these attributes, these ideas, these things that he wants to emphasize to his reader. These are important things about God, that God is full of grace, mercy, and peace. Uh, this letter is very much meant to be that of an encouragement to someone who's been going through some difficult times. And so Paul wants to let Timothy know, hey, God's got your back. He's full of mercy, grace, and peace that he can wade through these difficulties, that there's some tumultuous things going on, that you're encountering some, some opposition, some difficulty in Ephesus, and God is here for you. And in fact, he goes on to talk about in the next couple of verses that Timothy needs to oppose false teachers. So that's a big thing that Timothy is facing right now. Um, 
Uh, let me go ahead and just read verse 3 to start. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer. And so right away, a very strong message that he wants Timothy to stay in Ephesus to be able to come up against any who are teaching false doctrines, who are, who are spreading um, just wrong teachings about Jesus that that isn't helpful, that is causing dissension and um, hard feelings in the church, and, and it's just upsetting the gospel instead of spreading the gospel. And he's got some more instructions there that talk specifically about the false teachers, but because of uh, the nature of time and that it is fleeting, um, and because we're going to cover some of this stuff a little bit later on in the book, uh, we're going to actually move on and focus more today on verses 12 through 20, which I'm going to go ahead and read for you now. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example of those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them you might fight the battle well, holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. Among them are Hermeneus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. Again, this is just the first chapter of the letter, so there's a lot more that Paul's going to get into. But I think his his main themes here from chapter 1, especially verses 12 through 20, there's, there's two big things uh, that I think he's he wants to put forward to Timothy, that anyone can be saved. And Paul knows that because he himself was saved. And then also Timothy should be faithful. He's encouraged to remain. He's told to tackle this false teaching head on. He's to be faithful to what Christ is doing. And I think a big, a big part of this chapter here is, is that sentence that, that Paul does a lot to, uh, to just emphasize and show the weight of. In verse 15, he says, Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. There's a lot of simplicity in this message from Paul, but it's it's this reminder to Timothy that what the message is there for, that you've got difficulty and you're facing people who are doing false teaching, but you know what? Jesus came to save sinners. He came to save those, not just good people, not just people who who look nice or, or say the right words or do the right things. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. So your opponents that you're coming up against, yes, you should stand strongly against false teaching, but you should also know that Christ Jesus came to save they, them as well. And he wants you to have that message as you confront them. And, and it's interesting that he comes out with this really strong message of being against those who are who are blaspheming, who are who's just being false teachers, who are saying wrong things about Jesus Christ. And he even lists all these um, 
sinful things that could be. But then he says, Jesus Christ came to save sinners. There might be all these people that have all these wrong things and you have all this opposition and you maybe just want to quit because there seems to be so many wrong, bad things in Ephesus. But Jesus Christ came for these people. So be encouraged to stay, to remain, to pour out on these people because Christ came to save them. And guess what? There's definitely hope for them because me, Paul, this guy, I used to kill Christians. I used to be worse than any of them. I was the worst of sinners. And Christ saved me and set me up on this path that you've seen my life now, that you've lived with me, you've been with me, you're my spiritual son, you know what, how I do ministry, you know how I love, you know how I care for people. But before, I was just like the rest of them. I was worse than the rest of them. But Christ saved me. He set me on a different path. And so you can be like that too. You can be one who's saved, but I think you already know that. But you can be one who pours out such love on these people that are difficult and hard and standing in direct opposition to you. You can remain faithful because Jesus Christ came for them. He's for you. He's for me. He's for everyone. He came to save sinners. And that charge to, to remain faithful echoes on goes forward um especially in verse 18 i'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them you may fight the battle well verse 19 holding on to faith and a good conscience which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith he's reminding timothy of who he is of what's been said about him of of how he was uh, the thing about prophecy is like we we sometimes just think of it as only future telling, but but prophecy is uh, what they actually they refer to about preaching that that prophecy made about someone is just someone revealing the truth that's in you. That someone took Timothy inside and said, "You know what? You know what kind of person you are. I've seen that you are someone who is strong in the faith, someone who can stand against all kinds of opposition and and difficulties. And when times come, you will remain faithful and you will carry on and you will you will just go forward and." and and live the way that you're supposed to and, and bring that message of truth and hope and grace and mercy and peace and, and all the things that God's character is that you can carry that message forward. That's the kind of prophecy that it sounds like Timothy had made over his life, that somebody just saw his character, saw his attributes and said, you are one who can remain faithful. And so Paul's reminding him of this, reminding of his commissioning, reminding of his call into ministry that, hey, you are one who can remain faithful. So I encourage you to be faithful, to continue on, to minister to these people who are difficult, but guess what? God loves them and you can too. So carry forward, do your thing. And, and so what is this? What are these verses communicating to us? What, how, what can we take from this message that Paul gave to Timothy, that message of encouragement, that message of, of being faithful, that reminder that anyone and everyone... Christ came for all sinners. Christ died to save them, no matter how difficult the people are in your lives, that Christ loves them abundantly, so much so that he died for them. Well, I think, I think some of the application here is pretty evident. 
especially as a as a campus ministry that's reaching out to people on on college campuses that there's a whole lot of people that are living for a whole lot of different things that are not living for Christ that are making lots of choices in their lives that are that want to fight against want to fight for good things but sometimes can't get out of their own way or they have a desire to see themselves doing something more they just don't know quite the tools they need they don't see that having Christ at the center of that can make it all so much more worthwhile and fulfilling or are they caught in this depths of despair because they just see how dark the world is and they don't see any hope for the world and they don't see anyone changing and there's just injustice everywhere they turn and they can't see anyone who's trying to make it better Christians we are to be one to stand firm in that who show that that there are people fighting for good we just finished the study on titus and titus 3 ended with that call to be good to be kind compassionate to be the kind of people that stand for justice that fight for it and timothy here i think is being encouraged to be the same kind of person being reminded that that is what we are to look like as the church that we are people that are that are supposed to remain, that we might be in, in seemingly hopeless situations, that we might be in places of just darkness and depression and fear. And what we're supposed to say is, hey guys, I've got something. I've got hope in something. I see that there's something more than this. There is a way out that there are good in this world to be fighting for that Christ Jesus has modeled for us a way to live that is better, that helps others to be better, that is kind, that is compassionate, that does so much more than we could ever do on our own. And I want you to follow this way. Come with me. Follow me. Be like me as I try to be like Christ and point to Jesus. Point them back to that the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who lived a sinless life, who cared for the oppressed, who healed the sick, who poured out everything, even in his own, own life, who came to save sinners, who found the lowest of the low, the most oppressed, the most sinful, who found people like Paul, the worst of sinners, and said, be on my team. I see that you're compassionate. I see that I see that you're passionate. I see that you're fighting for something. I see that you care so much about something that you're willing to kill for it. But how about you care so much about something that you're willing to die for it? That's what it means to be on my team. That's what it means to follow in the footsteps of Christ. To care so much about others. To care so much about the world that you are willing to die for it. So follow me. Do as I do. That's what Jesus is calling us to, and that's the way that we're supposed to live. Be faithful with what you've been given. That's the cool thing about Paul, or sorry, about Timothy here, that Paul reminds him of the things that, just the natural abilities that he has, of the resources that he has, of the faithfulness that he has, of the things that have been said about him. Remember who you are. Remember what God has given you, that you can be faithful, that you can carry on, that you can do so much with what God has planted inside of you already. 
And not only that, but God's going to keep moving and working and giving so much more and more that you can do even more than you thought you could. You've got some awesome natural abilities, but guess what? God is going to make those even better and he's going to do even more. So that's what we can carry forward. That encouragement, that challenge, that reminder of who we are to be in Christ. Be willing to die for those, for what you believe in, for, the, for other people that you love so much that you are able to give everything for them. This is who you are. This is who you're called to be. This is what it means to be a member of the kingdom of God. So be faithful. Push on. Strive. Move. Do. Love. Hey, thanks for spending time with us today. If you have any questions about what you heard or any interest in learning more about CCF in Iowa, then please email us at ccf.uiowa at gmail.com and we would love to get you connected.